You're listening to a BGE podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Blind Grilling Experience. We've got a special guest, Deborah Erickson, with the Blind Kitchen. Looking forward to our conversation with her and finding out some great tools and accessibility options out there for those who want to get back in the kitchen cooking. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Blind Grilling Experience. My name is Chris Peltz. I am the most interesting griller in the world. And joining me today is one of the most interesting chefs in the world, Miss Deborah Erickson with TheBlindKitchen.com. Deborah, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm glad to have you and uh, glad we're able to get together here on the podcast and talk about some uh, some cooking and some things that you've got going on. Uh, but before we get into the website, before we get into uh, some of those things, if you don't mind, tell us just a little bit about your vision situation, where you're at now, and um, you know what caused it, and um, and then we'll kind of jump into the cooking after that. Okay, Chris. Well, um, I am one of 12 children from the same parents. Absolutely no history of blindness on either side of the family. And I and two of my brothers are lucky recipients of a recessive gene combination that resulted in us having retinitis pigmentosa. Um, I was There were signs that I had decreased peripheral fields when I was 17, but it wasn't followed up on. And then no one else caught it until I was diagnosed when I was 28 years old. And I drove for a little while after that, but it, it wasn't a good idea at all because I had no night vision and I didn't know it until I was diagnosed. And then I could see that other people could see better than me in the dark. And of course, it had always been that way through my life, but you don't know how much other people can see or peripheral vision, how much other people can see. So that is my vision loss story. And I um, worked my way. I used to be a recreation therapist. I worked in healthcare. And then finally, the vision loss got so significant that I needed to be carrying a cane. I was hurting myself too often. And um, I went to the Oregon Commission for the Blind and got my blind skills. And here I am. Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, you know, that, you know, that's a kind of story that, I think resonates with a lot of folks. I mean, RP is something that I'm coming across more and more folks who have it um, and, you know, have, have gone through vision loss in various stages of life. I, in fact, I have RP um, as well. So I, I kind of can relate to some of those, some of those things, but when it comes to when you were growing up, I mean, did you, did you cook a lot at, I mean, 12, 
<laughs> 12 kids. My my mother-in-law had, you know, there were 12, uh, 12 or 13 in, in, you know, kids in, in her family. And that's always just kind of blown me away. But um, uh, did, did you cook a lot in, in your family for your, for your siblings? Not at all. Um, my mother cooked, as you can imagine, kind of like a mess cook. Yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah. love her. I miss her, but I, I did not inherit any cooking skills from her. Okay. Um, but so she cooked in, in masks. Um, and I wasn't a very good cook through growing. I just didn't know how. And sometimes I could make something like rice and it'd turn out perfect. And the next time I'd make it and it'd be a gummy mess because I overstirred it or (laughs) took the lid off or whatever. But once I, uh, so when I um, went to the Oregon Commission for the Blind, I knew I've taught adults in the past. I I knew I didn't want to teach children, although I raised two of them and I love them. But I, I, I knew I wanted to teach adults, but I didn't know what I wanted to teach them. And I was under a complete blindfold in a cooking class and the light bulb went on. I thought I could teach this. Right. And then I thought, but I don't know how to teach it. <laughs> and so that's when I thought, well, I better go be formally taught myself. And then and then I can arrange my um, goals, educational goals and objectives for my students around, you know, an organized way of doing things. Um, and so that's when I went to culinary school and and that's how I learned to cook. And now I, I am very grateful for that experience because I use science more than anything else. Yeah. Well, taste and hearing, of course, but to, to make sure I can make good dishes consistently. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that was one of the things that, um, that really started interesting me the more I got into cooking and, and, and grilling as I got older, because I did a lot of cooking growing up and a lot of grilling growing up, but it, it was just, my mom taught me, right? You just, you, here's what you do. I never knew why, right? I never knew the science <laughs> exactly. behind anything, you know, but, uh, but got pretty good at it. And then as I, as I grew uh, and, and, you know, got older and got more into this and started the YouTube channel, I started learning more of the science behind certain things. And, and it's like, oh, that's why it does it when I do this. Like, you know, or like you said, you know, even with the, with the rice kind of thing, you know, if you, if you don't leave it alone, you're going to mess it up. <laughs> so, um, and so that was, that was interesting because I, I definitely, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's improved my cooking for sure that, you know, a lot of things as, as you get older, uh, that you do, you learn. And, and, uh, but that was great. I mean, you went to what, what culinary school did you go to? And was there a certain style that they focused on or that you focused on during your culinary school? Well, I went to McClaskey Culinary Institute in Vancouver, Washington. It's on the Clark College campus. And you had a choice between two paths that you could take at any given time. One was baking and pastry, and one was cuisine. And I chose cuisine. I, I can bake, but I, I really love being able to manipulate things and tastes and flavors and textures. And in, in baking, you're kind of more locked in to a more precise thing if you want to get the outcome you want. Yeah. But I, So I took the cuisine, and I was under four chefs and they were absolutely fabulous and they just went we had a textbook that we followed and we learned each cooking method and the science of it the history of it the art of it 
and went through it. So they didn't really focus on any, they each had their own specialty area. Like one liked barbecuing and Mm -hmm. one really liked doing soups and sauces. And another one was a fruit carver, you know, really fancy fruit carving. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So they had their own specialties for sure, but um, they were pretty even handed in making sure that all of us students learned each of the cooking methods thoroughly. And um, just for the record, I was the only blind student there. Yeah. Yeah. Did they embrace that pretty well in trying to teach you or was was it kind of a mixed bag of of um, approaches or attitudes towards having someone who was visually impaired? Yeah, it, it was a mixed bag. I, I don't think they really knew what to do with me except for one. And I'm going to name him because he was so his name is Chef Earl and he's still at the McClaskey Culinary Institute. And he actually knew he was going to have a blind student. He didn't know if it was male or female or anything about me. But he actually contacted a blind woman in Beaverton, Oregon, who owns a bakery. And he went and interviewed her, asking her of ways he could make this new mystery blind student's experience better. Good so he yeah. went out of his way. Wow. And I, I've been, and he, he was very good to me. Chef Aaron was also very good to me and very supportive. Um, and some are better at verbal descriptions than yeah, others, sure. yeah. but the university did at the beginning of it, give me a sighted companion. So she was able to help explain things to me. And as my comfort level grew, so did my confidence that I could stop a chef from talking and say, Hey, I don't have a clue what you're talking about right now. You need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. And then they'd usually call me over so I could touch it or, or they'd become more descriptive, but they, I think the school handed it perfectly. That's great. That's yeah. That that's awesome to hear because you, you know, I, I know for every story like that, there's probably a thousand or more uh, that are, that are terrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and so it's exactly. always good. Yeah. So, so, so the good ones are out there and I'm glad you were a part of that. That's awesome. I, I am glad to. Yeah. And I, now I've heard some other interviews that you've done. Um, and, uh, and I know that sometimes the sauces, I think you said the, um, Oh, the hollandaise Ho- sauce. Hollandaise. Yeah, yeah. It was probably your biggest challenge. Um, or at least one of them in that. But was there one thing that you really seemed to excel at that you really felt the the best at when you were going through that? You know, it was interesting. Um, For one of the biggest challenges in culinary school was time. I am slower than the other students. And we were, of course, given a, a limited time to produce like a super appetizer, a main entree with a starch, a vegetable, and a protein, um, and then maybe a dessert afterwards. So you you were pressed for time. And so people are rushing around, just like the cooking shows. So I, this is kind of a dangerous situation. Yeah. People are flying to get theirs done. And I'm using a cane. I, I could trip them, I suppose, but I didn't want to. <laughs> um, so time was always a huge issue. So For my final, I did a shrimp poached in orange wine sauce. It turned out beautifully, but I didn't know this until after we made gnocchi out of potatoes, where you boil the potatoes, then you dry them out in the oven, and then you bring them back and you put them through a ricer and then form them into bowls and then cook them. It's a quick cooking method. So that's what I learned to focus on to get good grades on my exams was 
not really what I wanted to cook so much as what can I cook quickly. And um, one of the chefs came to the filming of The Blind Kitchen and he said, I remember that gnocchi you made during that practical exam. Mm. And I was like, I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> but he said, it was the best gnocchi I've ever had. So oh, wow. that was good feedback. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that that is great. And, and of course, now you're teaching other uh, blind and visually impaired individuals how to cook in the kitchen. Yes, I'm um, in the VOC Rehab Program at the Oregon Commission for the Blind, my alma mater. And after I finished culinary school, I went to work there right away. And I've been, I was teach. so that was in June of 2019. And then in March of 2020, I was paused, quote unquote, yeah. due to COVID. And I love the teaching. And so I was sitting at home just kind of twiddling my thumbs because you can't really teach cooking remotely. At least I didn't know how. I'm really trying to wrap my head around it lately. But that's where the blind kitchen came to be. I had gathered all of this information, read so many articles, heard so many podcasts and interviews and books. And it was like, I, but it was all very disorganized. And sometimes pearls were hidden under something that didn't even seem to be in the title of what I was listening to. Yeah. So I just started organizing the information. And if you go to the Blind Kitchen Library, there's actually 11 categories. And be, on special request, there's going to be a 12th. And I want your audience to know, Chris, this did not come from you. It came from another uh, Blind Kitchen patron. And they, uh, they said, I love the categories you have, like cooking, cleaning, labeling. I identifying, organizing, recipe reading and access. Um, he said, but you don't have anything on barbecuing and grilling. Yeah. <laughs> and we did have two tools in there. So now we're going to add a 12th category called barbecuing and grilling. And I've already sourced about five more tools that weren't there at the time that individual made the request. <laughs> okay. Awesome. That's great, man. That, I'm excited about that too. That's that's going to be great. And, and, and not that there isn't anything already there that can't be used for barbecuing. Um, uh, you know, uh, and, and I'm going to get to that in just a second. But the website, very quickly, theblindkitchen.com is the website. And you, you've got mm -hmm. a lot of uh, tools that make life easier in the kitchen for someone who's blind or visually impaired. Um, and it, it is, it, it is awesome. It's a great website. Uh, I've ordered things off of it. I've used some of the things already off of that. And, um, I love it. I, <laughs> I think they're great. Uh, they're great products. They're well-made. The, uh, the measuring cups, the wet measuring cups and measuring spoons. Uh, I love, uh, what you've done with those. Um, so, uh, probably what I've used so far in, uh, from what I've ordered off the website. Uh, I, in fact, yesterday I made a smoked banana bread and I used the gloves, the, the insulated gloves. Uh, I used the butter slicer and <laughs> it seems like there was one other thing that I used. <laughs> uh, Maybe the measuring cups? The, no, um, no, I didn't do the measuring cups. Um, because I, I hadn't washed them yet, I I only okay. wa I'd washed a few things, um, but uh, but there was one other thing that I know I've uh, that I used and messed with. But anyway, uh, but it was all great. Everything worked well, just like uh, the trays. I, I'd gotten the trays, uh, so I used that to carry some things out and, and keep everything organized while I was putting it all together. Um, so so that was awesome. 
And um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, um, I, I think it's I think it's great putting all of that information together in one spot because it, you know you can find some kitchen uh, aids and tools on other websites, but they're intermingled with other products that maybe have nothing to do with what you're looking for. And you've put everything together for us when it comes to um, uh, bump dots, you know, not necessarily Braille labeled, but uh, bump labeled anyway, uh, measuring spoons and and, uh, and cups and um, low vision with those trays, black and white for low vision and, and telling different things. All, all of that is great. And it's all in one spot, which is awesome. Well, thank you. Now, with each product, though, it's not just, um, you know, your screen reader. Like for me, I have to use voiceover. And so it's not just the screen reader, though, that I have to rely on when it comes to your website, because you've done something else with all your products, if I'm not mistaken. And that is a little video, right? I, I do. So with each product has its own associated video. So if you're talking, let's say we're talking about the work trays that you mentioned earlier, if you, you can find them in the store and then there's a video link right, right near it where you can go and that website's very accessible. And then a video comes up. It's usually less than five minutes and it tells you what the tool is, what it does, why it's blind friendly and how to use and care for it. And each tool has an associated video or the video is being produced right now. We're still getting things on the shelves even as we speak. Right. Yeah. And and you're really good. I mean, obviously you would be because you understand the uh, the struggle <laughs> that we go through. <laughs> but uh, like I, I received the auto pour spout. All right. So I ordered that and I was like, this is going to be great. When I first heard about it on another interview that you had done, and, and then I get it. And, and to be honest with you, I I didn't. I, when I went to the website, when I heard that, I just like threw it in the cart. I didn't read the description. I didn't watch the video. <laughs> I, I didn't do it. I just I just knew from what was said before on that other interview that I was like, I'm getting that auto force bout. So I got it. Well, it came and I'm feeling it. I'm like, what in the world? How does this thing work? <laughs> and so I had to go back to the website and I, you know, listened to the description and it was good. It was great. But it, that video, it, it put it all together. I mean, it was, it was awesome. The the video really, you know, uh, showed me, right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly how that works and, and, and where to put it, how to use it. And so it was great. The, the, all the information there is, is wonderful, but I really do like how you put those videos on each of those products so that, if there are any questions, people can go there and, and check that out and and really get the information they're looking for. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Chris. We try to be very mindful when making the videos um, to be careful to audio describe everything I'm doing. That, But sometimes when I'm cutting or doing something that requires, you know, my concentration, Blind people don't like silent movies. Right. So if there is a quiet period of time, I have a professional voiceover person that describes what I'm doing during that down 
during that silent time. Yeah. So all of these are carefully audio described so that no one's getting just music and no one's getting yeah. just silence. That's that's yeah. not what people want if you have vision loss. And that intro, that intro with the little <laughs> muffins and the muffin tin and, and all in the braille sale and the, uh, the TBK, uh, that is... I wish I could see that. That is so <laughs> cool. It just sounds yeah. neat listening to that described and 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 it's like I got I get the picture in my head of of what's happening with those little muffins whistling at each other. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, husband every time he hears the whistle he repeats it because yeah. I have to review the videos right. to make sure that, you know get my edits and stuff. And yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> It's very, it's very catchy. I have to agree. And I can claim no credit for the music. A man Mm. in Australia, a a composer composed it and we tweaked it because I wanted it to sound, I I wanted the harp to be the base of it because I love the harp. Um, Mm. But I didn't want it to be childlike because most of this is geared towards adults and I didn't want people being treated like children. And he, I think he captured the spirit beautifully. And absolutely. kept it mature. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, I'm kind of childish myself anyway, <laughs> you know, so, so maybe I'm not the best judge of that. <laughs> of that but that was I, I love it. I, in fact, after I heard that when the, the first time I ran to my wife, I was like, you got to check this out. Listen to this. And and, you, and of course, she can watch it. I was like, oh, okay. watch this, you know, and, and I'm listening. and I'm just chuckling the whole time. And so I thought it was great. Thought it was great. So yeah, my videographer is the one that did this. He called it start stop motion and mm-hmm. did all of that cupcake work. Uh, so he's very talented. Yeah, Nio yeah. Creative. Just yeah, put out a plug for him because <laughs> he is fabulous. Right. Yeah. What is it again? Who is it? Nio Creative. N A Y O. And his name is Edgar Garcia Chavez. Okay. And he is pays such attention to deal, detail. It's yeah. kind of funny because when I'm in the kitchen and we were like doing the wet measure spoons, if they weren't lined up perfectly, he'd have someone come over to line them up so it looked good on film. Yeah, like, that's good. Yeah, this is not a blind what a blind kitchen looks like. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's you got that right. <laughs> yeah, but he he makes me look good. That's for sure. You know, in terms yeah. of kitchen organization, and he he's really good. Yeah. But, oh, man, I, hopefully they tell you they're doing that because if you get everything right where you want it and where you know to reach for it, and then all of a sudden you go to do the video and you reach for it and it's not there anymore, <laughs> even it just a few happened. inches to the side. It to the has side. happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but we've learned each other's businesses through yes. this. I knew nothing about videography. He knew nothing about cooking blind. So yeah. um, we've learned now it's kind of a, a good dance where right. he doesn't move things around unless he says here, this is where <laughs> this is. So it, it took uh, us a while to get the dance down, but sure. we, we do well now. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. Learning together. And, and yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So uh, what is, what have you found to be uh, in, in, in teaching? And this is, this probably will vary, um, but you know, based on the individuals, but teaching, someone who's blind or visually impaired, you know, uh, what do you find to be the most challenging um, skill or for someone? uh, And I'm not talking about culinary school. We're not talking about making a hollandaise sauce, (laughs) right? Just, just dealing with and and teaching someone who's blind or visually impaired. Is there, is there one or two things across the board that seems to give people more problems than anything else? Yeah, I would say um, the top, 
fear. It's getting past fear. And you can do that if you have the tools and the knowledge. So yeah. cooking on top of a stove, like sauteing, how do you know, if, especially in a glass top stove, how do you know if your pan is centered? Uh, but that's it's the same science applies to a coil stove or a gas stove. So the fear of burning themselves on stovetop, and we go really slowly and, and get through it. And the other is a fear of cutting themselves. Um, sharp knives and stuff, because many people have cut themselves. Well, I, I used to cut yeah. myself when I didn't even have vision loss, but yeah. um, I, I'm less likely to, in fact, I hardly ever do. Um, I don't want to get too far into the, the weeds on this, but there's an item on there called a cut glove that we sell. It's called a cut glove, and you really can't cut through it. And it's relatively thin, relatively stretchy. You've got your four fingers and your thumb. And I actually have demonstrated that if I have that on my hand and my left hand is palm up right now let's say i have a sharp knife in my right hand i can run that knife back and forth right across my palm and it's not going to cut through the threads i mean i suppose if i took an axe i could yeah. cut through the threads <laughs> but if i wanted to cut myself why would i put the darn glove on <laughs> right yeah so yeah. but the other thing it does it gives you that extra second that if i all of a sudden feel pressure on my hand when i'm not expecting it I'm just going to stop. You know, mm -hmm. that's yeah. going to give me that extra layer of protection that I would not have had if I weren't wearing the glove. Yeah. It, they're game changers. People really come over their sense of fear when they're holding that in their hand. Now I know there are di there are a, a couple of different types, but um, the there one of the cut proof gloves, and I, and I'm not sure if this is what you've got. They have in the cotton threads there are uh, threads of stainless steel. That are just they're just so thin, but they've they they don't change any of the dexterity or anything in the gloves itself. Is that is that sort of what you've got? That's exactly the ours aren't stainless steel, but those do exist. You're right. These are polyethylene. Okay. Threads. I can only remember because of Polly and Ethel are women's names. Okay. <laughs> remember. Yeah, yeah. But um. But they're yeah they're completely washable. But yeah, yeah that's exactly the idea. Okay. Is they have whatever that mixture is mm -hmm. makes it in impossible to cut. Right. Now it can be it can be penetrated. It is a weave. So if you have yeah. a probe, like maybe you're talking thermometer, and you, it will not cut the threads, but it'll spread them the weave and you can right. get cut if you or poke the tip of your knife. So you got to be really mindful of that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and one thing that I, I try to convey to people as well is that a, a sharp knife is safer than a dull knife. You know, that's the, one of the first things I learned in culinary school. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, a lot of folks, you know, are, are grabbing dull knives and, and that's a lot of injuries occurred just because of that, because, they try to force and work the knife in ways that it it's not designed to be worked or, or, you know, uh, you shouldn't have to force it. And that's, that's what right, they're designed right. for is cutting. And so, um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's great. That's great. You're exactly right on that one. What is your favorite dish to cook personally for you personally? I am kind of a big fan of, proteins with pan sauces. So I love like doing chicken, you know, getting, searing it on both sides, getting the thon down, thon out, removing the meat, and then, you know, making a roux and adding wine or broth or whatever. And just, I could season it with paprika. I could season it with oregano. I can season it with thyme. 
I just love, I, I, I'm kind of a, a purist, so I don't generally mix a whole bunch of different flavors together, mm -hmm. but I, I love to do like that same thing, but this time I'm going to use oregano. This time I'm going to use paprika. And it's really nice to, and, and you also tend to learn exactly what each, what makes each of their flavor different that way. Right. Yeah. And how some complement others uh, better, you know, will complement another seasoning better than 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 others will. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. That's great. Um, now, is is there a particular? Um, well, now I know. Do you do any grilling right now outside? To tell you the truth, I do not. Yeah. But I have a brother that does, and he's my consultant, and he doesn't charge yeah. me. Right. And he also has RP, just for the record. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Dean, right, I think. That's yeah. Dean, yeah. yeah. You've spoken with him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great guy. Great guy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and so, you know, what, you know grilling is, is one of those things that uh, I've, I've often said to, to many folks, if you can cook it inside, I can cook it outside. And what? it's because it's, a lot of people think of either low and slow smoking or direct grilling and they don't realize some of the versatility that comes with, uh, you know, with some of the grills and smokers that are out there today. And, of course, I use a ceramic grill, the Big Green Egg. And They had one of those at culinary school, oh, a man. big one, the biggest yes. one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's it, They're awesome. You know, and you can do every, like I said yesterday, I made this, uh, a, a smoked banana bread. Uh, can you mail that? Yeah, <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> it's our, yeah, we, we cook for a, a group of college kids on Wednesday nights and uh, yeah, it, it's gone. But, but before I did that, I smoked some, uh, I did some candied pecans, uh, smoked candied pecans to top the banana bread. And, you know, so I, I smoked those and then uh, made the banana bread and stuck the cast iron skillet out there in the, in the, in the grill. And, uh, and smoke that. So it, it was, yeah, it was, wow. it's awesome. But uh, yeah, I, of course I just love food. <laughs> so <laughs> Never trust a skinny cook. That's, that's what I say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. People ask my shirt size. I tell them it's barbecue medium. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to get adaptive variation of that for myself. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh man. That's great. So, uh, so you've got the website um, and the, the blindkitchen.com, which is fabulous. I hope folks will go and check that out. Um, and is there, oh, um, a, a big craze nowadays, and, and I know you haven't jumped on board just yet, if I know that from a past interview, but it is the air fryers. Okay. You just hit a sore spot. I, yeah. In my presentations, I'm getting requests for an adaptive one. So I ordered, I watched a couple of videos and heard a podcast. And so they, the, the one that was mentioned most often, I thought, okay, let's go with that. That's a good place to start. And it's supposed to work through Bluetooth. And my husband still carries a flip phone. Yeah. So I was trying to set it up. And of course, the, he put a bump that on the power, but yeah. it said, look for the blinking light for um the to connect and he mm. couldn't see one so i wrapped it up i took it into work and i had our it people look at it because if i like it then i'm going to ask the commission to buy it so we can teach other students other students really want to learn to use this yeah and when we got there he 
worked on it for about a half an hour. And he said, you know, Deborah, this is the wrong model. You have to get the blank, blank, blank. And the last words have to be, and I forgot what it is. But anyway, I had, I had bought the plain model. Uh-huh. And, but they're, oh, smart. It had to have the word smart, smart at the yeah. end of it. And I, I, I don't have that. So now I've got to ship it back. Oh, man. The right one. <laughs> so, so I ordered a dual, a Kasori dual That's blaze. Wait, wait. Kasori what? Dual blaze. Oh, no. that I got a Kasori Pro 2. Right. So, and I don't know about that one. It's a 5.8. I, I think the one you, you're it, talking yeah, about. Exactly the, right. The, the dual blaze is a 6.8 quart. Okay. All right. And it, it has the touch screens up, up where you touch everything. And when I got it, um, I, I had uh, listened to a video that, um, no, I, I used an app called Envision to uh, look at some instruction. And it, it said, hold down the power button until you hear it beep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I opened up the app and I retch up and I, I hit a bunch of buttons um, you know, it's, it. you can't really tell, you can't feel the buttons. Um, but in the upper left, um, there was one as I would tap and it, it would beep. And so I, okay. I found it and I, I pushed it and I held it down and it connected to my phone. I connected it to the Wi-Fi, and now I can use it. Comp- I, and I did it all completely blind. Um, wow. Does it work with the, with the smart speakers? Yes, it does. Oh my gosh. Yes, I it love does. That. Yeah, I mean, I haven't ordered a model. I haven't returned this one, so maybe yeah. I'll order that one. Yeah. So it, the only thing I, I don't like about it is the drawer style instead of just the the door opens and then you slide yeah. in little shelves. I would prefer that because it feels more like an oven type yeah. setting. Yeah. But uh, but the dual blaze, it I've used it a lot. It works great, and I can tell my lady a to you know um, you know set my cook to, uh, or, you know, turn on air fryer to 370 degrees for seven minutes and boom, it starts. And oh, there was a, a podcast about, and I, I bet that's the model that they had. And you could hear him giving the, the lady a instructions and her repeating yep. back and verifying it. Yep. It seemed pretty cool. It is. Yeah. It, it It's neat. You just have to get used to the drawer style air fryer. Of course, if you're not used to any other style, then it, it, you know, you'll learn it. It'll be great. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, the only thing, and again, I think it was by luck. I was able, yeah, I found that power button and was able to press it and hold it. And, and I got it um, because it, it, there was nothing visual, you know, to let you know where yeah. that power button yeah. is. But, but, I, but I did it and it works and I, I've, I've used it for several months now and, and love it. So, uh, oh, good to know. Thank yeah. you. I want to come up with answers for people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> working on it. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's the dual blaze, and it's got a burner on the top and on the bottom, and so it it's cooking from both directions instead oh, of just wow. the top. Wow. So, uh, so it's and it nice. has a fan inside it too. Yep. Yes, okay, ma'am. Good. Good. Yep. So I like I, it. Yep. It's nice. It is nice. So definitely check out that. Um, and for others who may be looking, Kasori Dual Blaze, and it's the 6.8 quart. And so, um, but yeah, that's what I'm using. That's what I love. So, uh, but I, I'd love to have you back and, and, uh, and once you get one and you, you use it and, and see what you think, cause there's, there's a learning curve, like with most things, but, mm-hmm. uh, it's, um, it, it, it's pretty great. What, 
What is the one of the most used kitchen tools, whether it's accessible, quote unquote, or or not? What what's the the thing you use most often in your kitchen? Well, I have a countertop convection slash slash air fryer slash microwave oven that was made by Amazon that works exactly like the the one that you, like yeah. like yours. She she yeah, preheat the you know microwave on power level five for two minutes and she'll do it and it opens with the door. But they don't make them anymore. And they even for one dollar I got a, a braille overlay on the control panel. So and then they quit making them. I don't know why. It's so frustrating. Yeah. yeah. But um, that's that's the tool I use the most. There's only two of us here. So of course, if I microwave, I have to take out the rack that I use, a little round rack. But still, when I'm uh, baking, it rotates the food while it's baking, unless I put a probe in it, and then the probe stops the platform from rotating. It, I, I can't believe they quit making it. it, it I. I'm going to miss it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah, you get used to something and then, yeah, it's, <laughs> if it ever goes, you, you know, you hate to have to learn something else. Right. It, you know, but the real quick, the yeah. air fryer function on that, people say it doesn't work. It doesn't get hot enough like a real air fryer. It's basically a convection oven, mm-hmm. uh, microwave combination. The air fryer is, is they're, they're reaching for it is what people have said. Yeah. And, and usually what I found is in directions for food, if if uh, it, it will say or distinguish between a dedicated air fryer and some type of combination air fryer microwave, and the instructions will be different. The cooking directions sometimes will be different on certain foods. Uh, so I've come huh. across that as well. And so that 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 showed me that they are definitely they, they work different. Um, you know, for somehow, some way yeah. they work different. Um, but you, what about your oven and your stovetop? Is, is it is it a lot of digital and touchscreen stuff? I have a rather old model. It is a flat uh, glass top stove, and the oven, and that is controlled by knobs that I can physically feel. Yeah, and um, and then the oven we've got dumped up bump dots on the bake button and then a higher bump dot to on the up arrow and then a a lower bump dot smaller lower on the down button to adjust the temperature and then we have a bump dot on the cancel and that's how i control my oven yeah yeah and and that that i've done the same thing um our oven went out and um and so i was on the search for a new one and I, you know what? Everyone talks about it. We want everything smart. Like you were talking earlier, you know, with the air mm-hmm. fryers, right? Look for the word smart. And I heard something on another podcast um, a few weeks ago talking about the difference between being smart and being simple in the kitchen. And, it, and a light bulb came on and I was like, exactly. That's right. And so the oven that I ordered is all knobs. There's no smart stuff on it. There's no touch screen. It's all, um, it's a gas top. So it's, you know, you turn in the knobs, but then it's a, it's electric oven and, uh, it's, it's all controlled oh. by turning knobs, just old school, simple. Yeah. Right. I'm a fan. Yeah. For my yeah. students, I, we use the, the button slow cookers, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, for, for positions. And then we use the rice cooker that only has a toggle switch. It goes up or down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you don't need anything more than that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. So one more thing before I let you go today. And and again, I'd love to have you back on and, and chat some more. This is 
this has been great. But I I haven't seen it on your website yet, but I know it's coming. And and maybe maybe I I, I didn't look today. I'll give you that. <laughs> but <laughs> for grilling specifically, you've got something that's coming that I am really excited about, and that is the skewers. <laughs> we love those. So we're, I'll, I'll talk about the items that are going to be in the grilling collection. We've got, I think we only have two more to photograph and then it'll be available on the website and, and we'll make the videos as quickly as we can. Hmm. But the skewers are one of the items and they actually have two prongs on them. So they're about 11 and a half inches long and they have two prongs that come, the handle's about three inches long. And then there are two prongs that extend from the handle. So when, when you are cooking food, let's say you've got cherry tomatoes on a skewer, and I can use a bamboo skewer or a metal skewer. And, but a lot of times, once you go to flip it, when food cooks, it becomes more tender and the moisture inside the food heats up. And of course it wants to escape as steam. Here's where the science comes in. And so the hole that you've put that skewer through is going to tend to get looser and bigger as it cooks. So when I go to turn that those six cherry tomatoes on that wooden skewer, um, I can oftentimes just be spinning the skewer inside the tomatoes and it's too hot to touch. Um, it, it just I found a better answer. And it's this one. So when I put those same six cherry tomatoes on this double skewer, I'm impaling each one two times. They're, they're side by side, about a quarter of an inch apart. So that way, when I go to turn it on the grill or under a broiler, I can know with 100% certainty, if I turn that handle 180 degrees, now the other side is going to be exposed to the heat source because it can't spin uselessly in there. Yeah. And the other nice thing about this model is there's a little rectangle that is that rests up against the handle and the, the rectangle is on the same tracks as the skewers and so when i go to push that food off i can push that rectangle forward and it's touching the food and i'm not so it's another layer of protection between of from heat between your fingers and the hot food but the other things in the collection include a grilling basket a talking thermometer um, heat gloves, like the ones you receive, Chris, but those just go to your wrist and that's perfect for the kitchen because we never want you putting your hands in the oven. We want you to use the rack, have the food come to you out of the oven. Definitely use that. But these come further up your arm. Um, we have, I'm trying to think what else we were putting there. Oh, a grilling basket with a locking so that when you go to turn food, if you want to, you can put it in this basket with a locking lid that's all made of checkerboard metal. And so when you go to flip the food, it remains inside the basket. And awesome. the other is a, a grilling platform because people have written to me and said, you know, sometimes the hot dogs slide between the grate or they'll roll back to the back side of the of mm -hmm. the thing. So this is kind of a checkerboard grill. You won't get the, ex that just sets on top of the existing grill. So pieces of food can't fall through unless they're really, really small. So you won't get the exact same grilling marks. You'll get more like a checkerboard, but at least you'll get the food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, right. You're worried about what it looks like when it's down on the coals, right? <laughs> that does you no good. 
exactly. That's awesome. That's great. Awesome. Well, Deborah, I appreciate so much you coming on and talking about the Blind Kitchen and uh, and your experience and and what you're doing. Um, you know, sharing your love and passion for food with others. And I definitely want to get you back on, especially once you get all of those things for grilling, um, because I mean, it is season is upon us. Exactly. And Father's day and not to be sexist. I mean, mothers grill too, but it tends to be a a good gift for mother's day or father's day. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Hey, mothers can get it for the dads for Mm -hmm. mother's day so that the dads can cook for the mothers. I like the way your mind works. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again, Deborah. I, I really do appreciate it. And uh, if you can just hang on just a few minutes and uh, we'll do some chatting afterwards if you have a minute. And uh, I'm going to say goodbye to folks. So hold on just a second. folks thanks for tuning in to the blind grilling experience check us out on youtube at youtube.com slash blind grilling go and check out deborah's website the blind kitchen for all your cooking needs